Single video business models treat all subscribers the same. We need a more sophisticated approach that allows deep customer segmentation and heavy experience personalization. Listen on to find out more. This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media. And today is September 29th, 2022. This week, I'm going to bring you an interview with Bill Scott, who is co-founder and COO of Easel TV. Uh, This was recorded at uh, IBC 2022. And we are going to be talking about micro segmentation and personalization. So a really interesting topic, which I think will matter to anybody in the video business, particularly as these are keys to boosting monetization of video services, uh, video streaming services, that is. Uh, But before we get to that, I want to give us a little bit of an introduction. So uh, there are two major problems with the simple subscription models in wide use by SVOD services. The first is that the approach effectively values all content the same. Now, that is not realistic. Uh, Some content, like live events, first-run movies, and new TV show episodes, well, they're just more valuable than others, and charging a single price for everything effectively values everything the same. Uh, And that's really what most SVOD services are doing today. Even those services that have tiers of service, for example, Netflix, its tiers of service differentiate quality, not the content itself. But the thing is, this content, some content is just more valuable. Take the UFC, for example. Fight fans are willing to pay $6.99 a month for ESPN Plus, and that's actually going up to $9.99 in December. And that allows them to watch UFC fight replays, specials, and other UFC on-demand content. But they cannot watch live fights. For that, they have to spend $75 to watch a live fight available exclusively on the platform. And tens of thousands of people are willing to do that, making it a very profitable business for both UFC and ESPN+. The second problem is that all subscribers are not created equal. Their ability and willingness to pay are different, and therefore their value to a service provider is different too. Now, traditional pay TV operators have begun to recognize this. I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago, Comcast made the decision to stop offering discounts and other incentives to save a customer that had called them to quit their pay TV service. If you are a Comcast customer and tried to do that a couple of years ago, the response would have been, how can we save you? What They would have given you a discount plan. They would have probably put you on the same plan that they were giving to new subscribers. Well, that all changed and Comcast stopped trying to save people that had called up to quit. Instead, they decided to focus on higher paying customers, customers that were on an upper tier of service and paying for premium uh, premium channels and uh, maybe paying for pay-per-view. For those, they were willing to work with them to try and save them. And by golly, the strategy worked. Despite losing nearly 4 million video subscribers, that's 20% of their subscriber base over the last couple of years, 
video revenue has remained the same, 22 billion a year. That's pretty remarkable. That means that actually that's a double benefit for Comcast. One is it has reduced the number of subscribers, which uh, actually allows it to to pay the content providers less because they're paid on a per subscriber basis. So they're paying less for the content, but they're making the same amount of money. So their profit margin improves dramatically when they do this. So it's a double benefit to Comcast. So there we, there we have two examples of how content and customers are worth more and can help improve the monetization and profitability of the video services providing them. The trouble with SVOD services today is that their pricing policies just aren't flexible enough to differentiate between more and less valuable content or subscribers. Signs are that this is beginning to change, at least from the content perspective. Of course, Netflix reverse course on ads is one example, but there are others. Curiosity Stream is now creating fast channels, fast linear channels, which are available through NGLG channels for free. Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment has created a name brand fast channel which it has released on many fast platforms. And it's done this before it released its owned and operated app. And this is a very smart move. They get the name Chicken Soup for the Soul out there to establish that in customers' minds. So this should help build the funnel for the owned and operated app when it does finally launch. So that's great, con that's great progress on the content side of things but progress on the ability to micro-segment subscribers through an O&O app and customize the experience based on that segmentation has been way slower. And in fact, many, many platforms just really can't do a good job of this. And one of the holdups is indeed the capability of the video platforms. And that is why I stopped by the Easel TV booth at IBC 2022 in Amsterdam earlier this month to discuss with Bill Scott. We talked about these challenges of delivering micro segmentation and personalization. And stick around to the end of the interview for information on how you can learn a lot more about this topic. Now on with the interview. This is Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media, and I'm at IBC 2022 speaking to Bill Scott from Easel TV. He is co-founder and COO of the company. And Bill, we've spoken to you many times. It's great to be back here to hear your sage words. You have a new product line, a new approach to dealing with customers, which I think is very interesting. So why don't, why don't we talk about that? Yes, sure. And thank you, Colin. It's always great to talk to you. And it's nice to be back at IBC, actually, after a three-year gap. So it's, it uh, is it's good, to, good to be here. Uh, yeah, so what, what we've been doing over the last couple of years is to completely re-architect our, our platform. Uh, we, you know, we've been going since 2009. We've learned a lot from a wide range of different customers with different use cases. And so we, we, we realized that there was an opportunity to do something quite different. And so we've built a completely data-driven platform that has a few really key concepts that underpin it. And the, the most important of those is, the, is, is what we call markets. And that is the ability for our clients to segment their audience into multiple market segments 
and to define business rules that, that create those segments. And then they're able to offer a completely different proposition to each of those segments through the use of our, we have themes which control the, the branding and the, and the colors and so on. Uh, and, and then we have pages in, in the app so you can define your own pages and each page has its, has its own theme and has its own background and that, that then allows you to basically build a different app all dynamically with no need for resubmission to, to the app stores you build a different app for each segment that you want to target in a different way some of the ways that you can use that are to you know to identify uh, identify people who are at risk of churning perhaps uh, and in that case you've got um, perhaps a rule that says people watch more than 50 minutes of content in month one but less than 25 minutes of content in month two they're maybe at a risk of churning and so you you offer them something special a special offer some inducement some perhaps an outbound campaign that is trying to get them back into using the service so that's just one example of of how how we can use the markets of course there's the, the more traditional examples if i can call them that that are based on uh, geography perhaps or, or you know, gender some demographic information uh, but but we want to get much more sophisticated than that and now that we've built this uh, base sort of platform we're able to rapidly add new rules as as we think of them or as our our clients think of them yeah and that's uh, and that was that was one of the key things about it and and then combining that with very flexible metadata uh, allowing our, our clients to define their own categorization their own categories within that um, so being able to use that in many many different ways uh, is ways of making content discovery you know, relevant to that each market segment um, we've got a, a very interesting way of, of dealing with contributors as we call them so this is maybe actors directors but of course that actors and directors that works for some use cases but not for all and we've got yeah. a wide range of, of clients that are doing very different things whether it's football teams or uh, or chefs and, and, and cooking schools and things like that um, we we needed to be able to dynamically define how how our clients' content is going to be presented to, to the consumer. And, you know, this seems very, very timely, right? What the problem, one of the problems that we've had in the industry is we seem to be one-dimensional, right? We've, been, we've had this obsession with single-payer SVOD systems. That seems to be changing now, yeah. uh, at least uh, from the point of view of ads. But it's, it's, it's very important to be able to differentiate between our customer bases. And so this, this seems perfectly timed to allow operators and providers now to really sharply differentiate between them right yes absolutely and and, and obviously you, you you may want to market different sets of content to uh, to different people but you also want to perhaps perhaps as you said price it differently um, you know perhaps one segment of your audience is more in tune with an annual subscription another one is more in tune with a with a monthly one but you, you can offer both to, to to everybody of course but you know maybe you want to experiment with with different things you know the whole idea of a b testing is all is all very feasible with uh with our market model so that you can um try different things to the same segment segment of the audience but yeah. have a random split to you know to push people into one uh one market or another yeah uh, and so it's um you know we, we think it's hugely powerful, but it also it unlocks so many business opportunities for for our clients uh, because of this this flexibility. They can they can experiment and measure 
and learn and refine and, and then you know and, and, and then do it again yeah and flexibility seems to be really important right uh, yeah, one of the yeah. things that we we know is the uh, the idea of fail fast is really important yes, because yeah, you learn yeah. and you're you're able to optimize much more quickly yeah, that way yeah. this really allows you to do that directly with your audience yeah. uh, try try new price points try new approaches one yeah. of the things that you said you were able to do uh, when we were chatting before was you're actually able to identify people who might be at risk of churning yes yeah. um, and target them in a really stealthy way right yeah yeah so I mean the, the rules that I, I talked about with uh, um, the minutes watched so being able to you know, just simply to say well who's who's watched more minutes um, than, you know more, more than 50 minutes in one month and more than uh, less than 25 minutes in the second month those can be defined as either an absolute time frame so January and February or they can be defined as a relative time frame. So, so that's then a dynamic rule that is, that is moving with the audience. So as the audience changes, basically you're, you're able to, um, you have a, a dynamic rule that is evolving with, with the audience. Yep. Well, um, it looks like the floor is getting a bit busy again. So uh, we're having trouble stopping people from interrupting our video. Um, anything else? I mean, any any other big announcements or anything you've noticed at the show? Uh, distinctly different air to the show. Much more focused on revenue uh, these days, right? Yes, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's a sign of a maturing industry, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and some of the things that, that we're now making possible. Um, we could have only dreamt about five or ten years ago when, or, or a little bit longer when, when we started. You know, it was at the beginning, 2009, it was all right, oh, just, just get a storefront up, doesn't matter what it yeah, is. You know? yeah. yeah, we're here. We're here. And now it's, um, you know, it, it is much more mature. We're getting you know, much more sophisticated in understanding our customers and what they do, what they want, and the way that we deliver content to them. And I think that, um, you know, that kind of sophistication coming with a maturing industry it's really exciting, actually, given the, you know, all of the different things that are uh, that are possible now, um, and you know, we hope we're at the forefront of that. And uh, yeah, many years to come. Great. Well, yeah. this has been a great conversation. I think we captured one of the most important things at this year's show. Bill, always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you very much, Colin. It's great to see you. Yeah. If you would like to learn more about what we discussed in this episode, in this interview with Bill Scott. Why don't you stop by the Endscreen Media website and download the free white paper, O&O is Not Enough, Hybrid Business Models and Multi-Partner Distribution. It really discusses in much more detail a lot of the issues with creating hybrid business models and achieving multi-partner distribution. You'll find it under the research tab on the website. And while you're there, why don't you sign up for the free newsletter? There's a daily and weekly edition and each will bring you the latest opinions, interviews and data from us directly to your inbox. This has been Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media and I'll speak with you again next time. This podcast is a production of Endscreen Media, all rights reserved.